Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Cyber Security Recruiter podcast. Today, I'm joined by my guest and good friend, Brad Nye. How are you doing, Brad? Doing well. Doing well. Good. Brad's been a little bit little bit under the weather lately, a little bit sick, but he's a back fighting fit. You're feeling good, aren't you, buddy, now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm here in Minnesota, and it's 55 degrees, so it's like summer almost right? oh, it's nice <laughs> this happens at the start of every pod i had a guy on from california the other week guy on from new york and i'm in although i recruit the u.s market i'm here in london and it's cold and rainy every day i don't like talking about the weather so there you go <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's that's funny minnesota people tend to talk about the weather a lot <laughs> cold in the winter and hot in the summer <laughs> okay brad i'm gonna do a little bit of a bit of an intro brad's done various different things if i remember rightly hosted around 200 podcast episodes himself i'm sure we'll get onto brad's pod in a in a bit it's called unsecurity infosec brad has had various roles over the years sysadmin network engineering and he's currently worked his way up to being a director of professional services and a principal security consultant simultaneously, FRS Secure. If you're interested in taking CISP, Brad is the man, and you're going to hear about that shortly. But little introduction from me. I could never do it as well as as well as you, my friends. Who are you? What you've been up to? How's it going? Sure. Yeah. No. Yeah. I've definitely taking a little bit of a, a different path, I think, than a lot of people. Out my age a little bit. My first job in IT was with a clipboard and a floppy disk doing Y2K updates. So <laughs> writing down what computer serial number and what date was updated. Started, you know, from the bottom. And then, yeah, I've done sysadmin work. I've done, I've been manager, just a little bit of everything. I've worked for companies from 50 employees up to large international organizations and just different roles. Came to FR Secure in July of 2016, moved up to Minnesota from Lexington, Kentucky. I wanted to get full-time into security and really focus, and it was just seemed like a really good opportunity. Here, I've done basically a little bit of everything. I've been consultant to start. I've done solutions architecting for several years. I still help out with it, with our essays now. Like you mentioned, director, principal. I've done primarily virtual CISO work, risk assessments, Earlier on, I don't do a whole lot of the risk assessments anymore, but I still carry a billable workload of VCSO clients. Just really important to, I think, stay in the game, as it were, right? It, it, as soon as you get out, you get passed up pretty quickly. It's easy to, <laughs> to do that. Yeah, we were talking about this before. I, th- I think I said to you before, whenever I meet a pen tester now who wants to go into management, I'm all, even if it's advantageous to me, I'm like, are you sure? Because yeah. everyone that comes off the tools... I think 50 50 is okay, something like that. But if you come off the tools entirely, I just know people will be back on the phone saying, yeah. I'm yeah. bored, I'm missing it. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually no longer manage people here. It was the team grows so much. I think, gosh, when I started, there was 15, maybe 18 people, and we're now at 100. So it, it just got to be too much. It wasn't the best for the organization, right? If you have somebody skilled in something, why take them out of that? We Let's get the right. Butts in the right seats. So I was was happy to do that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, cool, cool. Brad, what I want to talk to you, I know me and you have spoke before, and this kind of podcast is all about people's career progression. And I think people look at yourself, you're in a very senior role, you're operating at director level, you've had a lot of success. And I know from talking to you that, you know, that your intentions are so good and even paying forward the wrong way because you give and you don't even expect anything back and I think this is something we can really pick up on I know you're very community-led I know you do a lot within the InfoSec community and let's say expect nothing in return and it's paid dividends over the years can you just tell us a little bit more about that and how the listeners might benefit from adopting that kind of mindset yeah I think the big thing is just start doing it right that's really where it starts I think a lot of it is where I maybe didn't have some of the mentorship and guidance earlier on in my career that I would have liked to have had, just trying to provide that for others. Just why should they have to learn the same lessons? If I can help them out, great, let's do it. I think our founder, Evan, our whole thing is mission before money, right? If you follow the mission, you'll find money. If you follow the money, you'll never achieve your mission. And we are a very mission-driven organization. It really does start at the top. 
and just having that encouragement from the top, from the founder to say, hey, yeah, it's okay to give back. It's okay to do these things. It really does help. It makes it easier, right? It's, you know, I've done a bunch of speaking engagements and I don't charge for those. I've been flown all over for those. We do, our CTO, Oscar, does a lot of those engagements as well. So it's really about fixing a broken industry, right? InfoSec is broken to a point where a lot of it is FUD and selling and just a cash grab. And our whole thing is let's just do information security correctly mm-hmm. and help others do it correctly as well. Yeah, no, definitely. Thanks for that, by the way. And I think so. So basically, being around having that that the culture that you've got in FR Secure is basically you haven't got someone on it. You going, why are you jumping on a podcast with Tom the recruiter? They are actively promoting it, which which makes it easier. And also, it's probably. Just the cultural thing, it's a good influence on you. If that's all you've known coming, being around the guys at FOSCUE for a while, it really helps, yeah? yeah? Yeah, yeah. And like I said, if you follow your mission, good things happen. We've had phenomenal employees come to us because of the free stuff we do. So yeah, there, is there a benefit to us as an organization? Yes, but that's not our goal. Mm-hmm. Our goal is to let's help people. And if we benefit as part of that, great. But hey, if they get another job and we can help them succeed in their career that's i'm just as happy with that yeah yeah definitely i think as well i know from stuff i've done myself even if i just think about linkedin stuff it's such a nicer way to do business as well when people come to you and say i've seen that can you help me and it's just it's just nicer it's more enjoyable it's the i think it's the kind of the modern way to to operate really yeah yeah it's always great when you have people that want to work with you as opposed to hey the cfo signed this and i just don't really care or whatever it is yeah, when they're coming to you, a much more enjoyable experience for sure. Yeah, definitely. And those growth numbers you talked about, obviously, if you're growing from forgotten the initial number you said, but gone up to 100 in a fairly short space of time, you've obviously got a lot of people approaching you then. Yeah, yeah. It's been, it's amazing to, to think back. I've been here almost seven years now, and it's all been just organic, natural growth when privately owned. Owners are phenomenal at putting profits back and investing in the organization so that we can do things the right way and take advantage of being able to do these free giving back to the community yeah yeah no great but do you know what someone actually dm'd me yesterday saying they've been listening to a few episodes and they said they're really getting the vibe from different episodes that building a personal brand's important giving back's important i think since remote working i think being community-led i know since i've been a remote worker i crave that community sometimes i don't see many people for a long time and it's one of the reasons i'm doing this podcast is because you know i really want that kind of interaction even if it's virtual all that's great but i think a lot of people they do think like where do i start and i know that it's a case of putting one foot in front of the other have you got any additional advice you could give on that one yeah again the biggest thing is just start when evan and i started the unsecurity podcast 200 episodes ago it was (laughs) If you go back and listen to it, it's pretty painful. But you just got to start. The other thing is reach out to the people in the community that are actively doing this. There's a lot of really good people out there that are try- willing to help. Reach out and ask for advice. Ask for that mentorship. I don't care if people reach out to me. It's great. Like it, There's others like that. Just don't keep pushing it down the road. Just get started with it and take that leap. Yeah, no, definitely. I agree. And I think as well, even if I think even if you do reach out, my thing is be persist, be polite and persistent. Because I think sometimes if you're reaching out to people, I know from my own experience, you reach out once, nothing, you reach out to you reach out maybe a third or a fourth time and you get to meet the person. And they're actually like really grateful that you did reach out in the first place. They're just really busy. Yeah. So I think be a, be polite and persistent. If someone ignores you, still go again because, you know, everyone's busy, especially in InfoSec at the minute. People are <laughs> Crazy busy. Yeah. Yeah. I had a week off for vacation and came back and was like, it took me eight work days to get caught up on email. If you reach out and I'm a little slow to respond, be nice. Yeah. No, cool. Cool. Very good, Brad. So the CISP course, I loved to hear more about that. I know you've told me bits and bobs. Can you uh, tell the listeners what that's all about and how it helps? Yeah. So we do the CISP mentor program. It's actually in progress right now, but everything is on YouTube. So you can get caught up. Uh, This is my sixth year teaching it and our 13th year overall of doing it. The first 
what, six years or so, Evan did it by himself. I think he started with six people in the class. I started in April of 2017. We had about 20, 25 people. I didn't teach last year. I had to take uh, some personal stuff come up, so I wasn't able to help last year. But this year we have, I don't know the exact number, but over 19,000 people signed up for it. Wow. And it's crazy. And, and this year we have four instructors, so we're only having to teach two classes the first four years. It was Evan and I for all but 13 <laughs> classes, two to two and a half hours, twice a week. It was, it was draining. So it's been a relief this year to spread that workload out with the, some other people, yeah, but brilliant. totally free, no catch whatsoever. It's, you're not going to get marketed to, it's truly just, Hey, here, let's give back. We know people can't afford three, $5,000 mm-hmm. for other boot camps. I get nervous doing a podcast with just one guest on what it's like. What is it like speaking to 19,000 people? <laughs> I'll be honest. It's, honestly, it's not that much different than one to one. The biggest difference is you get no feedback whatsoever. If it, yeah, I was definitely a little, little nervous when I led the class a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. But yeah, the in person was a lot easier just because you could see the class, you could get feedback. But online, there's a delay from the recording to when it gets streamed okay. on YouTube. So our moderators have to help out because it's like a 15 second delay. And so I can't watch the chat and try and cover 200 plus slides of material. So you're just, hope this goes well. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> yeah. And it's tough. To, you go, it, it, it's really hard too, because you don't realize how fast you're going. Yeah. So you got, it's really a, an important thing to slow. Like I caught myself going a little bit. Like, oh, nope, slow down. Because yeah. I can talk really quickly, but that's not going to help people. It's yeah. going to go too fast for them to get notes or to absorb it. So yeah, yeah it's been a little different. Yeah, no, I think as well, but I think when you, I, I did a post about it once, but when you feel uncomfortable, I always try and remind people that is when you're actually in the optimal growth phase. And anything that feels uncomfortable at the start tends to feel amazing afterwards. I know from doing the pods, I get nervous before, then afterwards I'll run straight through and I'm like, oh, friends and friends, I'm really happy. It does, I think it enhances your stimulation levels it reinforces the knowledge you've got obviously it helps the community so it is genuinely win-win isn't it it's, um, yeah it's cool. oh very much yeah you know, it's funny there's a lot of times when we're teaching it that it's like ah this sucks you're gonna have to memorize it the only time i ever think of this is when i'm teaching it but <laughs> it's in there it's required knowledge right it is good to get that annual refresh of that information and keep yourself i think it helps keep you a little bit grounded it's, it's easy to be like, oh, I've got all this other cool stuff going on. Oh, no, wait, let's focus on the foundation and make sure we stay, stay the course. Yeah, cool. And just a quick one, Bradford, because if I'm going to start, say if I want to start an initiative for a different certification or anything, was that just a case of you and Evan just went, we're going to start? Was it literally that? Yeah, yeah Evan yeah. basically started it and was like, he's like, hey, I'm going to do this. He worked at a lot of larger corporations, gotten felt burned out of the whole industry and kind of the, the money grab of it. And was like, I just want to, he's very, like I said, mission driven. And yeah, he was just like, let's just, well, I'm just going to do this. And our sales and marketing is like, why are we not charging a little bit for this? Like, no, that's not the point. It, even if we charge 20 bucks, it's no, that's no, we're not doing that. This is for the community. Yeah, no, no, cool. And I don't want this to. Th- I don't want anyone to think I'm plugging FR Secure because I'm not, and I've got no motivation to do. But there's something else you said that that really I thought was really cool. If anything at all, you really play it down, and you don't trust oh. anything at all. You just you just remind yeah. me what that was again. So yeah, <laughs> we think this is a joke. However, not totally sure. I found her Evan had a F two fifty, so real big pickup, and his ongoing comment was that if he finds out that we sold something. To a customer that they didn't need, he'd run you over. <laughs> and, and we think he's joking, but I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. It, I mean, that really does go to our approach is we've turned customers down. Like, it's just, we're just not the right fit for you. And here are some other organizations that, that might be a better fit. Mm-hmm. And part of that is really, we want to be successful and we want them to be successful. And if it's not a good fit, then yeah. let's find them the right fit. Yeah, no, definitely. No, that's great. And I think as well, if I bring it back to what the listeners can learn from that, again, it's just taking that long-term approach, doing things properly, having the faith that it will work out. And I think in the social media age these days, and it's so hard 
to forget that because everything's instantaneous culture. And I do think it's a bit mm-hmm. of a worry. And I see it at the junior end of the market as well. People maybe get one certification and sometimes I get DMs like, not having a go at me, like, but oh god, you know what's going on? You're a recruiter. It's not my fault, but it is it's long term. Yeah, and talking about it from a career perspective, there's yeah, you can get certifications. We saw this in the early 2000s when you had the paper Microsofts or MCSEs that where they just took the test, passed the test from memorization, but didn't have that real world experience. And yeah, the certifications help and show that you do know the stuff, but there is just Quite frankly, in, in my experience, there's no replacement for that experience. It, nothing ever goes by the book. Anybody that's been doing it for any amount of time is going to tell you, yeah, the book says this, but here's the reality. Mm-hmm. And it is tough to be patient and get that experience, but I think it's really crucial for your long-term growth. And the more well-rounded you are, the better you're going to be. Like, if you want to get into pen testing, maybe you do sysadmin work before then it, it, maybe because if you understand and you've managed that windows environment you're going to understand how it works and a better understanding of how to exploit it so I, personally i really did try to get going back to the career get a well-rounded diverse employment background and it, i think it served me well <laughs> yeah yeah no definitely i think as well but as well the nature of what i do cl- clients only pay my fees for the best sometimes mid-level but senior level so all i see is the very senior end of the market and i see a lot of the time how much fun they're having i see how much money they're earning and that's never going to be easy or quick that's just not how life works (laughs) no you look at it i've been doing this it for coming up on 24 years now security and it of some it just takes time to get that under your belt and to see those things yeah, no, definitely. Guest I had on the other week, he was talking about being a sysadmin and he just basically, within a few sentences, he talked about popping a shell on a, on a commercial engagement. I went, whoa, whoa, how long was that over? He went, oh, 10 years. I was like, okay. He made it sound like it was like a month. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. It, it, it takes time to, to do that. And that's not to say there aren't really skilled junior level people coming up, mm. but I think it's important to stay humble and listen to the people that have been around. They're going to know tips and tricks and you're going to learn a ton from from those guys and girls that have been around for a while and have seen it. (laughs) Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. Moving on, let's talk about you getting recognized in the airport. Um, So I'm going to ask you about that. And also, if you can tell us about some of the media related stuff you've done, how it's helped the community and how it's helped your profile and career and stuff as well. Yeah, so getting recognized is definitely not why I do this. And there's actually been two two, two uh, instances. So the first was I was coaching my daughter's soccer, and one of the moms came over and goes, hey, weren't you on the news yesterday? And I'd done an interview on the local, I don't remember which one it was, about smart devices and things like that. And so th- that was pretty interesting. And then, yeah, the other one was somebody who had done the mentor program and listened to our podcast and just happened to pass by in the same area of the airport. And I, ha- I happened to be wearing an FR secure shirt and they was like, oh, hey, wait. So it's, I, it's not why I do it. It's weird. I, I don't know. It's a little strange. I can only imagine how celebrities and others deal. Yeah, I think it'd be too much. If it was, if you had it all the time, I can see how it would get quite frustrating quite quickly. Yeah. But yeah, it's interesting. I've done, but yeah, no, talking about media, I've done interviews on the local news several times. They reach out when there's any big security news. It's nice to, it helps the brand and yeah, helps yeah. the company. And it's cool. And my, my daughters are teenagers and they're not overly impressed. I mentioned to my oldest as on Beyond the News. And she's like, oh, what are you going to talk about now? There's microchips in the rain and blah, blah, blah. Well, okay, no no respect, but <laughs> it's fun to do. Yeah, I said to you before, I thought you'd get loads of dad points for that, but obviously not. I'm just not with the trend anymore, Brad, these days. No, they're not impressed. Their friends are impressed, but they're like, whatever, dad. <laughs> okay, Brad, moving on to the next question. So I've asked you if I want to boost my brand in the community. I'm, maybe I was mid to senior level pen tester. I'm doing pretty well, but... I want to help. I want to help out more. I want to do more. Is there any areas that you think would be a good place to start? Maybe I am mission focused. Maybe I'm doing everything right. And I'm listening to this now. and I'm thinking, do you know what? I'm going to get started. What do you think would be a good area to focus on? 
Yeah, and I know you mentioned one of the risks. We're going to touch on this in a little bit, but I think it's really important here. The Simon Sinek book, Start With Why. That was really, when I read that, everything really clicked. Okay. So it's, yeah, all right. So I think I would recommend reading that and understanding what's your why. And that will help you figure out where to go. And it could be mission. It could be, maybe it is money. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, it, but understanding your why, what, what drives you is going to really help you understand, okay, I really want to get back to the community. How can I do that? Maybe it is LinkedIn post. Maybe it's, I start a YouTube channel. Maybe it's, I start a podcast, whatever it is, really understanding what drives you and understanding your why is going to make, it's going to make it a lot clearer, I think. Yeah, I agree. I think it will make a huge difference to the pace at which you can progress at. I think it will make a huge difference to your happiness levels, mm-hmm. quality of work you do. There's something, and I heard this on a I heard this on a recruitment podcast yesterday. It's something called a driver analysis. And it basically it's what you just said there. It basically tells you what you need fulfilled and happy and thing and things like that like i know for yourself it would be obviously an emission would be just so high yeah. up there so maybe that's something for people to think about yeah that's what i agree if you're just in there every day just doing your job and not feeling fulfilled or you're just plugging along figure out why you're doing this it'll help you align and like, yeah like you said really helps your mental health you feel better you feel more fulfilled with your work yeah. it just it'll it's a huge positive overall yeah, definitely. And you know what it's like, but when you're happy and you're enjoying it, it's th- you're almost racing against the clock because you're, you're almost time's going too quick. Like it's not dragging by any stretch. Like. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I think we've all had those jobs where it's just, oh my God, what am I doing here? I've been here, like I said, almost seven years and there's been tough days. Let's not sugarcoat it. Everybody has tough days or hard days, but there haven't been bad days. There haven't been days where I've just been like, I'd just don't want to work today. And I think everybody's been in that position where you're just like, I just can't deal with this today. I hate whatever it is, the culture, whatever. So yeah, it's really important to find what drives you and find a organization that's going to really support that. And once you figure those things out, it's, man, it's incredible. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, very good. So Simon Sinek, start with wine. Yep. Yep, cool, cool. Project, correct me if I'm pronouncing it wrong, but Project, project HIFI, Network Threat Hunting Volunteers. That's an yep. initiative that I believe, did you start that one or you started it with yeah. Evan? Oscar, Oscar started that one, our okay. CEO. That was okay. his, that's his baby. Okay. So I'll give him full credit on that. Yeah, it's again, it's going back to the giving back. It's completely free. Organizations can sign up. There's a vetting process. I'm not entirely sure of the, all the details on some of that, but... Basically, they do free threat hunting external. They'll search breach databases. They'll look for vulnerability scans, reconnaissance, looking for indicators of compromise for organizations that maybe couldn't or don't have the funds or the wherewithal to be able to hire for some of these services. So when our IR team has some downtime, if if they're not working cases, they can work on that. Or if our pen testers have a little bit of a lull in their schedule for whatever reason, they have something they can go and do. So it, it helps our team stay sharp with their skills and fill some downtime and also helps give back to the community. So mm-hmm. I think, and Oscar will probably yell at me because this number is probably pretty old, but it, there was a, a, over 70 organizations that we've worked with so far and it, it probably much higher than that at this point, but it's, pretty good initiative yeah no i do as well so just to be clear but so basically it's an organization they're in trouble they've, they've had it they've had a they've perhaps been attacked or something like that and you step in to kind of no, help out yeah it, or just let's say maybe it's a small accounting firm right maybe they've only got five or ten employees they don't really have the funding to do a full pen test and threat hunting so they can go and sign up and say hey here's why or maybe it's a non-profits things like that so it's really focused for I think more for those kind of smaller organizations that that maybe aren't going to be able to do security. So we'll just go and do basically a threat hunt on their external interfaces and looking for indicators of compromise, search breach databases, things like that. Just to, hey, here's what we found. We found you have a critical vulnerability open to the internet with a known exploit. You really should fix that, right? Mm -hmm. So it's trying to prevent breaches and incidents for those organizations that really would it would close them down 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, yeah. And I think as well, like you say, if there is any downtime, it keeps people on the team stimulated, keeps their skills yep. sharp. It's a bit of a self-development yep. tool for you guys as well. Yep. Yeah, there's also a threat feed, so they'll do a quick write-up of any of the new things that come out, try to put our spin on it, a little bit of humor. And we also have a weekly news kind of that we go through and curate uh, just to get And yeah, you can go sign up for the weekly news. You get it every Tuesday morning. Great. It's completely separate from... FR Secure, it's not a sales thing. It's giving back again. Mm-hmm. So if you want curated news and don't try to keep up with everything, sign up. Yeah, that's great. So anyone can sign up for that? Yep. yep. Great. Cool. Very good. What I'll do, anything that Brad mentions, by the way, is I'm going to, we'll post some links in the show notes because there's obviously there's books, there's links, there's initiatives, <laughs> there's CISP courses. So we'll get everything in the show notes. So don't worry if you're listening thinking you can't remember everything. I'll make sure it gets it gets in the notes. But very good. So Brad, obviously you're, you're operating at principal level, director level. You're used to working with pen testers, being in and around them, seeing people that are exceptional. You've perhaps seen people that are good, but not, I think the question I'm trying to ask is, have you got any advice for mid to senior level pen testers that are trying to improve? Where do you think biggest kind of self-development gains can be made yeah. in today? I think the biggest area that we see a lot is around communication, being able to communicate with the client in a clear manner. I think a lot of pen testers are very introverted. They don't like to be out and talk and, and just the ones that truly stand out are the ones that can deliver to the client. We have, I've seen phenomenally technically skilled pen testers that just freeze when they're trying to talk to someone. And it's, oh, that's so frustrating because they have so much good stuff to say. It's really that communication and being able to understand and talk the language of the people you're presenting your results to. Don't talk over them, understand their language and how you talk to them. That's one of the things that that we we talk about in the mentor firm and just in general is we're not normal, right? There's what, 800,000 infosec (laughs) people in the U.S. and what, 30, whatever, however many million other, we're way outnumbered. So how do we talk to the air quote, the normal people and understanding, yeah, we have our own language. If I tell somebody on the street, I popped a shell, they're going to be like, What'd you do to a turtle? They have no idea. So being able to explain what you've done in a way that they're going to understand is going to really help your career. Yeah, definitely. I've heard it being put before as realizing your value. And I think it's what you said there. It's like you've met people before. They're so technically strong. And it's if I think if they don't refine these communication skills, it's almost not fair on them. Because I think that guy or girl you mentioned there was technically just off the charts amazing but the end client might have thought they were they were useless which right. they wish they weren't and it's, i think if these for anyone that's kind of shying away from those communication skills i think i do feel that if they if they don't refine them and practice them and get them better i just ultimately think it's gonna stunt their growth and the yep. success 100 oh, you're gonna get stuck in a certain level because you know that as you get more senior you're gonna have to be take Typically, my experience, you get a little bit more customer facing. They want to trot out the senior people and show them off. You're not going to get there if you can't present well to the end user, the client. Yeah. Okay. Any tips, Brad, for improving those skills? <sighs> Funny for me, going back to my <laughs> weird path here, in high school, as a freshman, I took theater because I needed one more class. And I was like, ah, that sounds easy. And I ended <laughs> up doing it for four years. And it really helped, right? Because you're performing in front of people all the time. And it's really just a matter of getting comfortable with it. They, there's a ton of public speaking classes. I'm, I know there's a ton of resources out there. Mm-hmm. It, it's just a matter of remembering your value, like you said, getting comfortable with yourself and understanding one of the things I think we see is you question your value, right? And you got to remember, if you're doing these tests, you're likely way more engaged and skilled than the people you're presenting to. And you are providing value. There's a reason they came to you. So just remember, hey, look, I know what I'm doing. I'm good at this. Let's figure out how to talk to them in a way they understand and get that value. And just the more you do it, the better you'll get. It's just, it, it, yeah, again, it goes back to this practice. You have to do it for it to yeah. become natural i think i really like that what you've just said and i think it's a really good point it almost goes back to it's just a mindset because if you look at a pen tester so he or she picks up web app 
And then all of a sudden, Cloud's massive. So they pick up Cloud, maybe AWS, and have a look at Azure. And then they're like, oh, I want to get into Red Team. And they pick up Red Team and up and go off and build some C2 framework. Hang on a minute. You can pick all these new things up, but you can't pick the communication skills up. That kind of system is probably a mindset because I think you're probably quite good at picking new things up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's always so much to learn in, in, in offensive security, especially, and it moves so quick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's part of why I love doing this is it doesn't slow down. You constantly have to learn. And that typically seems to be the mindset of a lot of the people that I've seen in the in pen testing and our consulting. Is they don't stop learning. They don't want to slow down. Yeah, you're not going to be alone. That's not going to set you off apart. It's how you communicate is probably going to be a big differentiator between you and maybe somebody who's the same technical level or even a little bit more technically skilled. No, definitely. Brad, I've had clients recently and they've got very strong technical skills and they've literally said to me on the brief, we need them to be able to do the job. Let's be clear. We need someone that can talk to clients. We need someone better on scoping calls. And it's almost like they're not discounting the technical stuff, but they are. And I'm seeing it more and more, like communication skills, that they're coming to the forefront more and more, I think. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Cool. Um, I wanted to ask you about Blue Team and red team, main differences that, that you've seen and how it can be helpful for pen testers to have a understanding of both sides. I think sometimes, yeah. not all, it's a bit of a generalization, but sometimes hackers can just get so excited and obsessed with the red team and they, got, they don't want to know about the blue. And I think that can yeah. be detrimental. Yeah, can we talk about that? Yeah, and my, my background much more is in the blue team side of things. I've Definitely dabbled with some of the red team stuff, but that's our red teamers are would embarrass me without question. <laughs> I it, we we send them to DefCon every year, and they've finished top two or three in the different CTFs, so they're <laughs> really good. But I think where it, it, the best ones, what I was talking about, is understand what makes you a better red team or pen tester is understanding what the other side is going to do, right? How do their defenses work? How do they? How does Active Directory work. How does 365 interact if it's on-prem, if it's a hybrid environment? So understanding how those things work, I think, helps you be more efficient and probably more successful as a pen tester. I would imagine it's massively going to help you stay stealthy as well if you need to. You need to know which EDR is going to go off if you do this, that, and the other. Right. You're just not going to know, are you, unless you've got the... Yeah. Yeah, the bit, and I think the biggest biggest argument on our between our red and blue teams is the red teamers complaining that the blue teamers have it easy because they've got all the tools and <laughs> they create a new beacon and it's only good for a couple of days, maybe a week, and they start constantly having to change it. And the blue team, yeah, but we're behind the ball. We're coming in after the fact, trying to put this all together, and so it's yeah. it is a, it's funny to listen the back and forth of who has it worse. Yeah, yeah. But the thing I was just thinking, if you. I don't know if this has happened to you, but I know from speaking to other guests, like they've got clients and they've spent sometimes millions on EDRs and stuff like that. If you just mentioned how good your pen testers, red teamers are there, if they do blast through one and the end client spent a fortune on it, how do you, from a communication perspective, like how do you approach that? How do you tell them their baby's ugly? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, that's kind of how we talk about it a little bit is, hey, how do you tell someone their baby's ugly with, because when you're working in IT, that is, that's your baby, that's your environment. How do, it's, it's really trying to, I think, frame it in, a, in the most positive way of, hey, look, we're here to help you. Here's what we found. Here's how we did it. And here's what you can do to prevent that from happening in the future. It, nobody's ever going to have a completely risk-free environment. There's going to be something. I know we've done tests where they were switching computers and somebody accidentally left a spreadsheet with some passwords. And as soon as that report came up, they went, oh, I knew I forgot. Oh, darn it, I can't believe I forgot that. It, we're human, it happens. It's really going into it with an educational approach. Hey, here's what we can do. Here's what we did. Here's how you can prevent it. Here's how you can find it in the future and not how we got too messed up. Yeah, you just got pwned. Yeah, yeah, none of that. <laughs> No. <laughs> so just to summarize then, so I'm on an end client call. It would probably be referencing the fact that you've seen it before, referencing the fact you're here to help, letting them know that no system is ever going to be perfect. So you're just right. really easing them into, and this yeah. is what happened. 
this is why you hired us. You wanted us to plan these things before the attackers did. Like it's that approach of, Hey, this is what you hired us for. Somebody was going to find it. You're probably happy. It was us. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Yeah, cool. And I think as well, the knock-on effect, if they like you and the communication skills are good, I can imagine if they're not, I can imagine on the next test, finding stuff and getting stuff fixed can probably, if there's no communication there, I can imagine that's very difficult. And you know, it's Yeah, there's definitely pin tests where we found, exploited the same thing. It's like, why didn't you fix this? Mm-hmm. And whatever the reason, maybe there was staff turnover, maybe the report got locked, whatever. It is a little frustrating from our side to, mm-hmm. hey, look, we did all this work. We told you what to do and you didn't do anything. It, there's a reason we have customers that come back year over year is because we do find new things every year as well. And they do patch it. And they're like, oh, at some point, I have one of my VC says that we've been working with for a long time. And they're, they're like, at this point, I'm just trying to make sure that they don't get in before three days before they get domain admin. That would be a win for me because... I know it's just going to happen. I just want to make it take longer than last year. <laughs> oh, very good plan. And um, okay, in terms of, I think we've covered um, covered a bit of this already. But on the uh, on on the soft skills, I think we really have. We kind of jumped ahead a bit here, but on, on the soft skills, is there any, anything else? Because I do think it's I do think it's really important. I know you've said just making them realize it's normal, here to help. Is there anything else yeah. at all about you've given us loads, but is there anything else? Or No, I think the the other thing that we've been really successful here in our senior level is we're open. We're not, there's no ego. And I know I've had people that were one or two years into their career that were starting as associates and come to me and say, here's the issue. What about this? And I'm like, I never would have, that's an approach I hadn't thought. I, that's awesome. Let's yes, let's take advantage of that. It is really important to be open, not have that ego, and listen to others, even even if they are junior to you. They're, they everybody has different experiences coming up. They're going to see things differently. That's what makes working on the team so great. Is mm. you get this just vast knowledge base to to pull from. So you take advantage of it. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, and. But that other, there was that, I wanted to talk about that YouTube channel you sent me the other day. Yeah. yeah. So this is to help juniors. Yeah. People come yeah, in. Yeah. yeah. It's, if you search AMP, it's ambush, E-D-U, all one word. That's our red team is ambush, which is a group of tigers. So that's where they came up with that. Yeah. They just put out their first one. It's going to, it's really intended for, Hey, you want to get started? Here's some, here's what we've learned. Here's some free lessons to understand what we're doing yeah yeah definitely now i think as well i think for anyone wanting to help out in the community i think there can never be there can never be enough of that stuff no it goes back to just everybody's got the different experience i know going back to the mentor program a big part of what we do is yeah you're still going to have to study really hard for that test but we're trying to give you relatable information what has our experience been so that you know how to make it register and remember it. And that's the whole point is just, we've done this decades. There's things you're going to learn. All right, listen to it. And how can we help? And what would have made our lives easier coming up? Yeah, no, definitely. Another thing, brothers, just spring to mind. When you applied for your job, there was a bit of a unique story there as well, wasn't there? Didn't you just drive over? Just, just remind me, because I think this is a good one. Yeah, it was. So <laughs> I was in Lexington. We were looking to move up here to the Twin Cities area anyway. And I found the FR Secure website and I really, it resonated with me with the message and the mission and all that, and, but they didn't have any jobs posted. So I just sit on my resume at, the point, at that point, I was in CSP, my CSSP, CISM, my ITIL foundations, all, just all the different certifications. And I was like, Hey, I'm looking to move. Do you know of any of your clients that would be, I, I so noticed you didn't have any jobs posted. Do you have any clients that, you know, are looking for? help and they called me back and we're like yeah we are (laughs) this was back in 2016 so the remote stuff wasn't nearly as common but yeah i had two video interviews and came up and after the first day i was like yeah this is i found the right place the rest is history history. (laughs) that's part of it is my first day was the company's quarterly all hands meeting and in this, where the office wasn't big enough for everybody to gather. So they went to the local government center, which was across the street. And I showed up to the office and it was completely empty. Lights off. There was nobody there because they were all across the street. And I was like, 
oh dear, I've moved my family. And what, <laughs> what have I done? But luckily, somebody was walking by and, and recognized and got me where I needed to be. But <laughs> not the start I was expecting, but good sport. Yeah, no, that, and the thing as well, but just for the listeners, that that that's really cool. And again, we're making it. We're probably making it sound really easy, but I'm familiar with your profile and I know how many steps you've taken and different networking jobs you've had and sysadmin and stuff like that. So again, it's just you know you really have worked your way up to that level to then probably make it quite easy at that point. But you've done a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it was intentional work on my part, right? Like yeah. I really tried to get a rounded experience set from across different industries different organization sizes yeah and all that it just helps because it gives you more to pull for like you see the person that's been at one place for 15 years and that's the only environment they've ever seen or somebody who's been at maybe four places over the last 15 years it's still a fairly decent length of employment across each of the different employers but they're going to have seen significantly more yeah, no, definitely. And I think that's a really I think that's a really good point. I've actually talked to a candidate at the minute and he said that he's been in for a long time and he said I'm a little bit worried about what I'm missing out on. And I think he's probably right. You've got to you've got to get the balance right. You don't want to be moving all the time, but you've got to right. you've got to see you've got to experience different things. And also just going back to your journey, if we go back to the mission and the mission is truly to improve security postures. You don't just want to be flying in at a high level when you don't know anything, because you're certainly going to be missing stuff and not doing the provided the service you could be. Yeah. yeah, you don't want to set yourself up for failure. Yeah. And also that's part of one of the things that I really love about consulting is I do still get to see all the different environments, right? It, yes, I've been here for close to seven years, but I've worked with hundreds of customers. It's not like I'm only working on FR Secure's mm. infrastructure, mm. only on our security. It's working across all different organizations, law firms, retail, medical, higher ed, K through 12, you name it, and probably work with people in those different industries. And it really keeps it fresh. It may, yeah. it forces you to stay on top of things. Yeah, yeah. Keeps the stimulation levels pumping. Yeah. And Oscar <laughs> just pinged me. It's around 100 organizations for high fee at this point. So. Oh, okay. Okay, great. Listen, we've saved you getting told off, mate, after the show, have we? <laughs> Very good. Um, mentors, Brad, I know we, we, we spoke about this before. I think mentors is having a mentor is a great thing. Have you had a mentor in your career journey? If you yeah. have, has it? Yeah, yeah, go on, mate. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Oh, it makes a huge difference. I actually didn't find one until really like 2011, 2012. So I was a decade into my career at that point. Mm-hmm. And we happened to connect over, I'm a huge Washington Capitals hockey fan. And we were just on one of the fan sites and just to the community and we ended up talking and it was like, it was a, just a good fit from a, where he was at in his career, where I was at. And that really helped my career take off at that point. That's really where it started to, to blossom just because, again, learning from somebody else. Hey, do, what do you think I should do? Is this, am I crazy? I mean, he was a really big impact on me leading a very secure position in a large established organization to come to FR Secure that was eight years old at the time, I think, 15, 18 employees. That's a moving halfway across the country. A That's risk. a risky decision, yeah. right? Yeah. And so he was really instrumental in, in talking me off the ledge and he didn't know you're not crazy. This sounds like a phenomenal opportunity. And it clearly has worked out really well. Yeah. And then Evan here, himself here it has been just incredible helping with everything. So yeah, he, I definitely consider him a good friend at this point, not just my boss. Yeah, yeah, no, cool, definitely. And so Brian, if I haven't got a mentor at the minute, I know you said you were 10 years, you were 10 years before you found one. How what would you recommend the best way about go, go finding yeah. one? With LinkedIn being so good now, use your network. Just find somebody who's been there and just be like, hey, I, literally, will you help me out? Hey, can you mentor me? Can you help? I want to learn more. And it's never too late to get a mentor. I know we've had people that were senior in their careers that have come to Evan and said, like C-levels that said, hey, can you mentor me here? Because I'm feeling a little bit maybe out of my league or whatever in that kind of Mm -hmm. top first time they've been in that role. So, yeah, it really just comes down to taking that leap of faith and Mm -hmm. saying, hey, I need some help. 
Yeah, I think that's really key. You mentioned sea level people. Everyone, I think everyone has got some form of imposter syndrome. Everyone gets mm-hmm. nervous. Some of us are just better at channeling it into the correct things that, that, than others. And yeah, I still get implied. There's times where I'm like, am I really providing them value? And then the reviews come back and they're like, oh my gosh, this is great. I'm like, oh, cool. All right, I'm glad they're happy. But you do question that sometimes. And mm-hmm. even now and this far into my career, it's, it does come up. I do. I get it in mind. I'm taking job specs and I'm thinking, am I going to be able to get this person that quick? And I mean, you do, but yeah, you're, not, you're naturally, I think everyone's always doubting themselves. And I think anyone that says they don't feel like that, it's just, I think they're lying. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, cool. Okay, Brad, look, as we come towards the end, uh, some fun stuff. And I know it's certainly interesting stuff. I know there'll be certain things you can and can't say here. I know some of this stuff's kind of sensitive, but what's the most kind of the latest, most interesting threats that you're seeing in the wild yeah. right now? Yeah, the newest trend that I think we're seeing is where attackers are getting in, exfilling their data, and getting out, and then going back and saying, hey, ha, we got your data, now you have to pay us. But they're not actually ransoming the environment. They're not locking it down. Okay. And I think part of that is the governments worldwide have started really cracking down on some of these for the disruptions they cause. So like these newer gangs are looking to still make their money, but maybe avoid some of the ramifications of yeah <laughs> the attention of the government. If they can just be like, pay it or we're going to sell it. The business isn't out of anything. And we've definitely seen that with some large organizations where they've done that and it it sucks mm. that's why it's so good important to be proactive get your do your pen testing do your vulnerability scans have a vulnerability management program do those foundational things mm. try and make yourself not the lowest apple on the yeah definitely that's interesting so they're not doing it to say to stay stealthy or anything like that it's purely because there's less risk for them that's a probably another really good point is, right, if they get out and remove their beacons and remove that stuff, mm-hmm. they can use them for longer because nobody detects it. Nobody knows what it was because it's gone by the time they let you know you've been taught or you've been had. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, okay, cool. Any other that we can learn? Yeah. I do. Yeah, go on, Brad. No, yeah. It's, and these are some of these a little older, a little secondhand because I don't do a lot of the incident response work anymore. We have a mm-hmm. full team that is is really good at that. But I'm still involved just because, like I said, it's good for me from a technical standpoint. I still do a lot of CTFs and things like that just to stay sharp on that. But, you know, we've seen incidents where they were ransomed completely, backups, everything. Uh, And insurance was like, and legal was like, you're going to have to pay because what's your last backup? And it was six or eight months old at that point that they knew they could be safe. And as they were working to start payment, FBI came in and said, nope, that is a terrorist organization. You cannot pay. You'll be violating federal law. So they had to restore from that old backup and rebuild everything. It, we have a good team. It's a double-edged sword in that, yeah, you want them to have work, but at the same time, we don't like to see the organization's going through those things i think in terms of you tapping into your mission that uh, you've got a big reason to want to work (laughs) going back to the high fee where we can be more proactive and give our guys stuff to do but hopefully help remove pain from businesses that otherwise wouldn't survive we've all seen the statistics was it like 60 percent of businesses that have suffer ransomware don't make it to two years after Mm. the event Mm. that's Think about how many people are impacted by that. And so if we can prevent, that's awesome. Yeah. I think cloud backups is probably a big problem, isn't it? If stuff's backed up in the... Yeah. The only true way to be truly safe is air-gapped, right? Yeah. Looking at tape, you know, it's funny how cyclical it is. And then people say it's an immutable backup. It's immutable until they get your admin account and change that. And we've mm-hmm. seen that. Mm-hmm. So truly the only... 100% safe way to make sure you have good backups is air gapping is whether it's to drive and disc and taking it offline or to tape offline, whatever it is at the end of the day, that's, but we talked about risk. It's organization's decision. Do they want to mm-hmm. do that or take is immutable backups 
an acceptable risk. Mm, yeah, it's your choice, but <laughs> <laughs> I think of, I think taking it back to self development for pen testers, I'm sure you'd agree. And I've said this before, but I think reverse engineering this type of thing because you just get to see what's going on in the wild, and yep. it's the best training for a pen tester ever, isn't it? Really? Oh, yeah. I think most of our pen testers have sysadmin network admin experience. There's some that you don't didn't that we've hired as associates and taught them. But most of the senior people have that real world experience. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like I said, it just it makes your life easier when you know how the environment works, yeah, not yeah. just from reading a book. Yeah, cool, cool. All right, but last question from me, and I know I promised you an hour and we're coming up to an hour, so I'll, I'll let you go soon, I promise. But uh, I've seen stuff on your podcast. I saw some stuff about APT strategies and various different things. I know, you, I think you said, is it 200, 300? 200 episodes you've done, or is it 300? Yep, 200. 200, yeah. So you've done 200 episodes, which is a lot. What can people expect on then, say, from the pod? Yeah. So really, it's it started with me and Evan. Evan is moved on from not from the day-to-day of FR Secure. So he handed it over to Oscar Minx, who's our CTO. And it really just started as a time for Evan and I to have a dedicated 30 to 60 minutes a week to talk. And so it's really what it's been. It's just conversational. Sometimes people complain because we start with, Hey, how's it been going? Hey, we're doing this. Yeah, I was on vacation. It was awesome. Whatever. (laughs) But it's whatever hits our fancy that week. I think probably this week we'll talk about Sophos just released their 2023 or 2022 year in review from their incident response team. And so I wouldn't be surprised if we talk a little bit about that this week and how it compares to what we're seeing. But yeah, it's really just back and forth with whatever strikes our fancy. A lot of times, I'll lift the curtain, a lot of times we're like, what should we talk about? And we don't figure it out until the last minute. Because there's so much stuff going on. Gosh, what should, you know? Yeah, it's just, it's really ad hoc and flows. We'll start one way and think, all right, we're going to talk APTs. And we ended up talking about cloud security. Something completely different from where we started. and. Yeah, it is what it is. We just have fun. Yeah, definitely. And look, I think it's good. I think if we were still in the office, you'd be spending more than 30 to 60 minutes a week talking about what's going on in the market or the industry. So I think yep. it's definitely worth just taking a bit of time out. And yeah, listen, it's entertaining. Kick back, have a coffee and a bit of self-development, a bit of entertainment and everyone's happy. Yeah, we try to have fun with it. <laughs> cool, Brad. Thanks for talking. Is there anything else we need to cover? Have we been over everything? Or? I think I think we got everything. That was a lot. <laughs> cool, yeah, it is, yeah. Brad, thanks for your time, and I'll see you soon. All right, thank you. Cheers, cheers, buddy.